Welcome to the Pharmacy Playbook podcast series, where ASHP leaders share insights about the pharmacy profession's most compelling topics, from practice advancements to advocacy wins. Thank you for joining us for the Pharmacy Playbook, ASHP's leadership podcast series. I'm your host, Paul Abramowitz, the CEO of ASHP. And today we're going to talk about how pharmacy professionals can be effective participants in developing public health policy. With me today for this conversation is Tom Johnson, our ASHP president, and Kathy Palicki, ASHP immediate past president. Welcome, Tom and Kathy. Thank you, Paul. It's great to be here for this important conversation. I agree. I'm very pleased to be here to discuss why it's so critical to amplify pharmacy voices when it comes to shaping public health policy. I'd like to start off by saying that ASHP is your strong voice in healthcare policymaking, covering all aspects of pharmacy practice and medication use, including the safe and effective use of medication, expanding the scope of pharmacy practice, facilitating access to pharmacist patient care services, and also many other issues. But today, we're going to discuss how the COVID-19 pandemic removed several regulatory hurdles for pharmacy practice, which had an impact on expanding pharmacist services. In fact, ASHP was at the forefront of many of those advocacy efforts, urging HHS and the states to revise their policies to expand the scope of pharmacy practice, and also working with regulatory agencies like the CDC, the DEA and the FDA to provide the needed flexibility in practice during the pandemic. You know, those are great points, Paul. Certainly most of us uh, remember the last summer and fall, regulatory and healthcare policy was changing very quickly and trying to respond to the various issues coming up with COVID. And much of it impacted pharmacists because pharmacists are integral to the security of the supply chain managing drug shortages, administering tests and vaccines, compounding, and so much more. And COVID really brought that out. You know, there was a lot of significant policy changes that transformed the way we practice. For example, HHS authorized pharmacists to order and administer COVID-19 tests under the Public Readiness and Emergency Preparedness Act, or the PREP Act. HHS changed regulations to allow pharmacists to provide pediatric immunizations, and most recently, HHS allowed inactive pharmacists and pharmacy interns to administer COVID-19 vaccines. Pharmacy students were also allowed to administer COVID vaccines under the supervision of any healthcare professional. Thank you, Kathy and Tom. Uh, You both hit upon a handful of recent healthcare policy changes that did expand practice for pharmacists. And it was interesting to see that in many of our states, governors gave pharmacists the authority to provide various services. And they ranged from administering vaccinations to testing for COVID-19 and much more. To me, this shows that on a state and federal level, there's an increasing recognition of the value that pharmacists can bring to healthcare. You know, Kathy and Paul, you both mentioned a critical topic right now for pharmacy and for all of us, vaccinations. We're in the midst of probably the largest national vaccination effort we've ever seen. And I think it's fair to say that there have been some challenges with the vaccine rollout, certainly in certain areas. Uh, And at least initially, the process has gone a little slower than what we would have liked. But now we seem to have gotten to a point where we're rolling through vaccines and now getting to a point where most people are eligible to receive it. 
a component is the need to expand the pool of vaccinators. And that was one of our challenges as we went through this process. And while it's great to see student pharmacists and retired pharmacists added to the pool, it, it sure took a while to make that happen, particularly in some states and areas. I think that gets to the heart of what we're really talking about today, which is that pharmacists can provide valuable contributions to public healthcare policy. One way to improve vaccination efforts is to have pharmacists more directly involved with national committees and groups in COVID-19 response, for example. Pharmacists are fundamental to the rollout and administering of COVID-19 vaccines, but they haven't always been given opportunities to showcase their medication and vaccination expertise. I'm excited that ASHP is partnering with the White House as part of its community core initiative to address vaccine hesitancy. We need to work to involve pharmacists in all levels of policymaking to address the pandemic. I agree, Tom. That's a gap that needs to be addressed. And we're keenly aware of the need for pharmacists to be part of committees, work groups, advisory groups, boards, and other entities that are involved with making healthcare policy decisions at the local and state levels. Now, Kathy, you've had some experience with making an impact on public health policy throughout your career. Yeah, that's right, Paul. I've had several experiences which have occurred through a variety of different avenues where I've been able to make an impact on public policy. My first is my current participation on the Michigan Board of Pharmacy. The goal of the board is to protect the public as defined through our Michigan Public Health Code and the Board of Pharmacy Controlled Substance and Administrative Rules, which govern the practice of pharmacy, but also prescribing and dispensing of controlled substances. My participation on the board and through various board committees has actually allowed me the opportunity to influence revisions to the Michigan Board of Pharmacy Rules, but also an impact on the enforcement of those rules and the public health code when there's a violation that endangers our public. I feel that it's important that on all boards of pharmacy, we have a good representation of pharmacists from differing practice settings. For example, when many states reacted to the New England compounding saga by creating new legislation and compounding laws, it was very important that pharmacists with sterile compounding experience have input into those new rules. Those are great examples participating at state level, Kathy. Tell us more about how you have shaped health policy at the health system level as well. Thanks for asking, Tom. I've been able to influence public policy through leadership roles within the health systems that I've practiced. In my most recent role at Beaumont Health, I was the vice president and chief pharmacist. And in that role, I developed a good working relationship with our government relations department. Anytime a legislative issue arose for Beaumont, that we could be involved in or comment on, I was asked for my expertise in reviewing and providing guidance to our legislative liaisons as it relates to medication or pharmacy practice. Anytime we as pharmacists can encourage our health systems to advocate for issues relevant to pharmacy practice, it magnifies the impact we can have on public policy. Health systems are powerful constituencies in their communities, and we should be working with our organizational leaders to make pharmacy issues a key part of their advocacy priorities. I'd also like to mention my role on the ASHP Board of Directors. Along with Paul and Tom, we're able to provide input on public health policy and advocacy that impacts public health and supports the mission of ASHP. A particularly relevant example is a task force from the Get the Medications Right or GTMRX Institute, which Paul and I have been involved with. I'm glad you brought up the GTMRX Institute, Kathy. I'm co-leading a national task force along with George's Benjamin, CEO of the American Public Health Association, 
which is aimed at building confidence in the COVID-19 vaccines. And this task force is being sponsored by GTMRX. We plan to do this by creating partnerships with trusted members of the health neighborhood, which includes pharmacists, physicians, nurses, and others on the patient care team, as well as public health leaders, social workers, consumer health advocates, and community health champions to equip them with tools and messages to promote vaccine confidence. The task force consists of interprofessional experts, including you, Kathy, and others who will work together to develop a set of recommendations for steps to build confidence about vaccines in health neighborhoods across the country. And it's really encouraging to see pharmacists involved in an effort like this. Tom, how can our members, whether they're pharmacists, student pharmacists, or pharmacy technicians, prepare for being on a task force, a work group, or a committee? That's an interesting question, Paul. You know, I think sometimes we hesitate to be involved in some of these work groups because we don't know that we'll have much to offer. But, you know, really the, the first thing to remember is that that group is looking for someone who can bring a medication expert's perspective to the table. And if you're already a pharmacist, if you're already a pharmacy technician, if you're already a student pharmacist, you already bring your unique perspective to the table. So you're able to represent pharmacy and, and have the expertise that that committee is looking for. Now, beyond that though, my advice is really to first read and learn about the pertinent issues. So pay attention to the agenda, identify what's going to happen and, and ensure that you're fully up to speed. Find out what previous minutes have been and understand what the discussions have been if you're new to a group. Listen actively. Uh, there's always a key element that I keep trying to remind myself of is that you don't try to think about the next thing you're going to say. Make sure you're listening to the person that's talking uh, in a room or directly to you. If you're going to speak up, do so respectfully. Understand that if a group has been going for a while, you may need to jump into that conversation and acknowledge that maybe this discussion has occurred previously, but always be respectful. And finally, be yourself. If you can't be yourself, pretty tough to be a member of a group. It's important to know that there are a number of ways that pharmacists have a voice in healthcare policy making. In addition to serving on committees and groups, there are a lot of pharmacists who work for and with agencies like CDC, FDA, and HHS, and they're very engaged with policy decisions. Pharmacists in these roles contribute to the day-to-day -day running of our nation's COVID-19 response. While they may not receive the same kind of public recognition as those serving on high-profile task forces, their behind-the-scenes work is integral to our COVID-19 response efforts. That's really a great point, Kathy. What a lot of ASHP members may not know is that we have a nearly 80-year history with many of these agencies, and they have come to trust ASHP's guidance on health policy issues. During the pandemic, ASHP provided the agencies with a lot of information that came directly from our members who were on the ground caring for COVID patients in ICUs and emergency departments, and dealing with drug shortages, setting up mass vaccination centers, and handling multiple supply chain issues. These firsthand experiences provided by ASHP members also helped shape policies around pharmacists' abilities to order COVID-19 tests and administer vaccinations. Our members played a very important role in giving agencies the feedback they needed to make informed decisions around rulemaking. Now, even when there's not a pandemic, 
FDA, CDC, CMS, and HHS regularly reach out to us at ASHP to help answer specific questions about a broad range of topics, including the clinical use of medications, their preparation and distribution, drug shortages, and much more. It's another way that pharmacists and ASHP are part of the health policy-making discussion. Uh, Tom and Kathy, any final thoughts for us before we wrap this up today? Thanks so much, Paul and Tom, for the great discussion. For those of us who work in healthcare, providing the best decisions on public health requires expertise through multiple professionals who understand both healthcare systems and also their impact on public health through their own professional lenses. Pharmacists can provide the best lens into public health when it comes to access to safe, effective, and affordable medication use for our patients. Pharmacy professionals can be effective participants on these health policy teams because we see and understand the clinical safety and financial impacts of good and bad public health policy on our patients. I agree completely with Kathy. And to build upon what she said just a little bit, pharmacists can have a significant role in impacting health policy within their own practice by educating the public about vaccine safety, promoting vaccine confidence, and dispelling inaccurate information about vaccines and other medical treatments. You can have an impact in your own organization by influencing your governmental relations team, who in turn influence public officials that establish health policy, and you can get involved with professional organizations that support local and national health policy efforts, and you can always go talk to your representatives and senators directly and ensure that they hear your voice and understand you are an expert in your field. Well, that concludes our discussion for today. Thank you very much, Tom and Kathy, for joining me for such a great conversation. And to all of you listening, please join us next time for another episode of the Pharmacy Playbook when we discuss ASHP initiatives and explore compelling pharmacy topics. Thanks for joining us for the Pharmacy Playbook. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time for more insights from ASHP leaders.